This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name is Jessica. I am here with two of my greatest friends, ah. Laurie Wallace, as always, hey, and the one and only Katie Webb. Hey, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we're so excited Katie is here. It's going to be such a great episode. But before we get started, we, of course, have to go through our usual. Um from Laurie and I, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for joining us today. We are forever grateful. And um, continue to like, rate, review, share, follow us on all the social medias. We're on Instagram at the Badass Ladies Club, TikTok at the Badass Ladies Club, Facebook, Badass Ladies, one word, club. I have to like think of how right, everything maybe. goes. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Um and yes, your rates and reviews help us climb the charts, and that's what we're here for. Let's so keep on doing it. Um, this week's Badass of the Week is really special. Crazy special um, for a number of reasons, but <laughs> mainly because it's Miss Kitty Webb's dad, yeah. the one and only, the infamous Gittite, Chris Webb. Um, I'm so excited for him. I'm so <laughs> excited for everyone to yeah. be everyone exposed to Chris. So he, we've had lots of men be badass of the week on the badass ladies club, but I've known your dad for a while now. He is such an amazing inspiration about unapologetically being yourself. Yes. And it's that's something that and we've talked about this a lot in the last few episodes that unapologetically being who you are is like a big value at the badass ladies club. And I think that your dad was maybe one of the first people that I saw really embody and live that lots of people say that shit and then their actions don't back that up. But your dad like goes hard. Yeah, okay. He like uh. he doesn't even consider not unapologetically being himself. And so one of the things that I'm so excited to talk to him about is the Gittite way, which I'm not even going to try and explain to anybody what a Gittite is. I'm going to let him do that. <laughs> um, but it's a, a book, it, maybe more like a manifesto that he wrote talking about just his approach to life. And when he was brainchilding it out, um, your sister Mandy and I kind of helped him edit it. So I got to read it many times before he put it out into the world. And it just taught me so much about the kind of person that I want to be. And I remember as I was reading it thinking, I don't know if I'm brave enough to live like this, you know, like it's, yes. um, so you know, your dad's done lots of things. He was in the military when you guys were babies, probably before you were even around, you know. I was little. Um, he little. was in a, the church, in the Baptist church, and, you know, worked in the church a lot. He has had a haul-off company where he hauls off from, you know, work sites and had a big dump truck and a 
um, as he worked the dump truck, he wears uh, kilts are kind oh, of his yeah. like daily get up. <laughs> yes. And by kilts, I mean like micro mini kilts sometimes, micro you know, kilts, like yes. utila kilts. Yeah, utila kilts. Mm-hmm. And that he does yep. this or did this in a job where he was like active, hard labor, you know, like climbing in and out of climbing in and out of the truck, dump truck, breezes just, and the whole gig, you know, like just out there for everyone to appreciate. He is right. <laughs> inspired, in, in fact. And boy, does he get appreciated. Like, um, he is so fun, so loving, so freaking wise. I just am so excited to have him on the podcast. So it's going to be thrilled. It's going to be great. I know. I'm excited. I always like, you know, I get to hang out with your dad, like at all the kids birthday parties and family get togethers that we all go to. Um, and like, I got to say, like his social media posts, too, are always very um, well thought out. And like, even if I don't like 1000% get it, he does it in such a like uh, what, what's the word I'm trying articulate. to articulate? Yes, he He's articulates writer, himself yes. very well to where yes. I'm like. Okay, I totally understand like what he's saying and how people think this way. And you know what I mean? Like he's just so good at making you see all sides of things without like getting in a fuss about it. Well, it's really yeah. it's he really awesome. Is also so um I think the what's so great about the way that he does that especially on social media is that he articulates his point, but he doesn't make you feel like shit about yours no, if yeah, it's the opposite. Right, yeah. You know, like he's yeah. so right. inclusive of all perspectives. Yeah. And that makes you more open to his perspective if it's not yours, you know? Yeah. Right. And he never gets shitty with anyone. No, he no. truly believes that, you know, I think it's his first tenant. There's like tenants mm. oh, in, yeah. Yeah. in the get tight way. And the first one is be who and what you are without apology. And he keeps that in mind when he's having conversations with people. Yeah. yeah. He, he wants you to. And if you disagree with them, he still respects and wants you to just be you. Right. If that's you, you don't need to apologize. Totally. And when he says he respects you, you believe him. Yeah. Like some people will be it's like, well, we can yeah. agree to disagree and I respect your opinion, but you're like, yeah, you're a dick. You know, yeah. like yeah. your dad, like, when he says that kind of point. thing, yeah, like, like you feel like he's being you, truthful, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's so freaking badass. Chris Webb, get on here. Get on this Chris podcast. Webb on the podcast. <laughs> and it's no surprise that he has a badass daughter. Um, like Katie Begg, two, yeah, times two. Um, Mandy's been on the podcast before. It's kind of interesting, the timing of when you're joining the podcast, because, you know, we are, we've been in the midst of our own healing journeys over the last year plus since we've been doing this podcast. And over the last 10 months, Katie Webb has had a total freaking healing journey transfer freaking mation. Like for sure. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing over the last 10 months, like what made you decide that it was time for you to shift your life and make a change? Uh, well, I was miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, I hated myself. Pretty much hated myself. And, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was really miserable. I was, one thing that happened is I was like physically hurt. Like my leg was so hurt. Um, and my doctor ended up being like, Oh, you need to lose weight. And I was like, geez, like, ouch. But, uh, (laughs) But I, I quit drinking and um, I was able to uh, utilize all of my energy that came along with quitting drinking. And so I, I, I stopped somehow and I started kickboxing and that really helped mentally in the beginning to, you know, kind of um, 
punch away this version of myself that I was really uh, hating and um, get out a lot of frustration while getting physically fit. But once I like had lost the weight and I was, you know, starting to just, I call it waking up to my life. Mm. It was such, it was so much more of a mess than I even thought it was. Um, and that was almost more depressing than living it. So, um, I want to so stop. Out. Yeah. I want to stop because the one thing that you said that hit me so hard just now was I've decided, I decided yeah. like, I decided. Yes. And when we were doing your pre-interview, we were laughing about how inspirational Star Wars is uh -huh. in your world, right? Like Katie has two young day sons. Day. Um, even before the kids came around, like Star Wars was a thing, right? Yeah. It's and so <laughs> I don't even know the name of the little alien in the Mandalorian. What's his name? Grogu. Okay. Gro no, not Yoda. the Yoda. Oh. The guy who says, I have spoken. Um. Oh, God, the Mandalorian I is the one that I'm farthest from. Me too. But anyway, there's this <laughs> yeah, little dude I in the Mandalorian and he like hands out orders to people all the time. And anytime that somebody wants to be like, yeah, but he says, I have spoken. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm obsessed. Like I've decided yeah. I have spoken. There's no way. And that your power of decision that you were in pain, you got the advice you needed to lose the weight, you stumbled into kickboxing where you kind of had this moment of it feels good to kick and, and hit and pound shit. and beat my Just you know aggression out so fun so it was obviously like good for you physically it was good for your weight loss journey it was good for your mental you know like ability but then you started to like you said kind of wake up to your life and this decision to stop drinking which you know, a lot of times when people decide that they're going to quit using a substance, because we've talked about lots of like differences between addiction and abuse, you know, like some people are addicted, but some people are just abusing substances as a crutch, you know, and that you can abuse gambling or you can abuse sex or you can abuse you know, shopping or yeah. coffee or yeah. yeah, like anything Like it doesn't have to be a controlled substance or an alcoholic substance, but that you decided that it was time for you to stop drinking. And that that is not an easy thing to do, you know? And so between the, how much weight did you lose? Um, in the first five months, I lost 30 pounds and uh, up to date, I've lost 51. Okay. So dropping 51 pounds inside feels of a year <laughs> feels really good. And then Life. dropping the dependency on alcohol. Like these two things have systematically changed your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, I have, I had more energy. I are, I already always had a ton of energy. Yes. Um, but I had more and it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows and skipping down a golden like road or anything. It was like, what am I supposed to do with myself? How do I fix the rest of these things? Like, where do I, where do I start? And I was just something that was really hard in the beginning of not drinking is, um, that took, that i was able to get over and move past, thankfully to you, um, was all the time that I'd missed was like the gap in my life <clears throat> that seemed to be missing or that seemed to had just, you know, vanished. And, uh, it was hard. I started harboring all this self-hatred, like even more than I think I might've had when I was stuck. Um, I was just like, I'm already, you know, 33, I was 33 at the time. And I was just like, Oh my God, my kids are already seven and four. And, and, uh, I missed so much, so much. And, um, when we, in one of our sessions, we went past that. Well, and what I think is so interesting about this conversation and the things that, you know, Jessica and I 
don't drink a fraction of what we once did before mm-hmm. we started this healing journey, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that once you start to remove the crutches, okay, and you start to live life without the coping mechanism, that there is some, there's a reason why you got so dependent on that in the first place, you know, yeah. and that you have to start to look at what was it that you were running from that you were filling this void with, whether it be with alcohol or food or whatever it is, you know? And that's when you started working, when you and I started working together as far as doing some like intuitive healing and some transformation coaching and that that allowed you to heal your relationship with yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Because so often I feel like when people are going through a healing journey, there's a lot of like blame game, you know, like this happened to me or so-and-so did this to me and it created this circumstance in my life. And that what you were really struggling with was this idea that you needed to heal your relationship with Katie. Yeah. I didn't want to drag around this old version of myself anymore. Yeah. Um, just weigh me down, you know, the regret and the, all the whatever. Um, and I would see these, I know we kind of talked about this the other day, but I would see these women just being inspiring. And I was just like, man, I want to be inspiring. You know, I want to be inspiring. And even after I quit drinking, I was like, yeah, people are excited that I've lost weight. And, but I want to, I want to be inspiring. What I realized was that the only difference was, is they were doing things that were inspiring. And that's when my other star Wars thing really started to, uh, Jedi me through my life, <laughs> literally. And it's it's Yoda's quote, uh, do or do not, there is no try. 100%. And I yeah. just, I decided that if I was going to do the physical work and then I was going to try to do the mental work, that I was going to have to do the self-care. I was going to have to do the work um, on myself. And you were starting your coaching program and invited me over and my, and it, propelled me into the next amazing phase of my life. It propelled me out of all the circular negative thoughts that I thought would maybe just vanish with drinking or, you know, they would just die the way the alcohol did, but they just, you know, they bubbled to the surface to a point where, where I could hardly function even with all the extra energy. I just, it was like, I felt like a volcano or something Yeah, and uh, not the kind that hadn't erupted yet that everybody around was waiting to erupt, including myself. And, um, and yeah, in that session, I just, did you want me to walk through that little part of it? I mean, um, you can share as much as you would like your to. your journey. So you share the whatever thing, you want. Yeah, like yeah. the thing about it that I love that we did talk about the other day was that you pretty much became like the woman of your dreams, right? You know, like, so you saw these people and you were like, they're so inspiring. I want to be inspiring. Like you became the inspiring woman that you were looking up to. I even inspired myself to be, absolutely you did. And Mm -hmm. if like the session that we did that you were talking about, one thing I love about intuitive coaching and the details of like what you worked through aren't as important as the idea that as soon as you made peace with yourself, and you forgave yourself, you embraced yourself, you had like self-compassion for what you survived through and how hard that girl had to work to get through to the other side. And you could love that part of yourself instead of hate her. It didn't take you long to shift, Katie. Magic. Immediately yeah. your life changed, was- you know, and you started achieving things and making things happen that everyone around you was like, whoa, what just happened to Katie Webb? Because like- let me tell you from the outside looking in. Yeah. 
because Katie and I have been friends for a long time and um, we even had the pleasure of working together even for a little bit. And Katie, you've always been so vivacious and funny and freaking hysterical and like this magnetic girl that everyone like looks to when you walk yes. into the room, right? Like you just walk in and you're like glowing, right? And I did not realize what you were struggling with. I didn't realize like the drinking, which isn't important. When you did start to make these shifts, and I mean like, I know it wasn't an overnight situation, but from the outside looking in, like when you started doing the post and you started being the inspiring person that you've always wanted to be, I was like, whoa, Katie Webb. And I was like, I don't know how my heart like grew 10 times more for this human being that yes. was already so big and <laughs> wonderful. And like it, you know, you, you are that inspiring person. And so I don't know when Laurie and I started doing like our healing and coaching programs, when Laurie was like, I'm coaching Katie. I was like, that is so fucking perfect. I can't even like begin to tell you like what a perfect match made in heaven that this is. And just like your journey together with this healing journey has been like such a privilege to watch my two friends. It has truly been the work that I've done with Laurie has truly been what's propelled me out. I really didn't. Yeah. I mean, I did not think that I could, um, no, I, I could, I did not feel like I could do that on my own. I was like, wow, I did the hardest part, you know, but that wasn't the hardest part. The hardest part was not necessarily asking for help, but taking it and, and getting there. And, um, <clears throat> I don't want to sound like too sporty or whatever, <laughs> but like playing all in, like, yeah. you know, understanding that this is a different kind of work. Mm-hmm. It is, um, non-traditional in a, in a sense, but getting to a place where I could allow somebody in. Well, and you mentioned that the other day that you decided that it was okay to let someone in. That I just, that Mm -hmm. I had suffered in silence on my own enough. Like you said, um, I hit it really well, not just Mm -hmm. the drinking, but the, uh, the amount of like trappedness that was going on in my head, you know, Mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, I hit really well. And, um, so thank you for saying that. Really. And that that situation. Let me just um, stop that (laughs) with. uh, I don't remember what I was about to tell you. all That's okay. I (laughs) want it'll come back. It happens all the time. (laughs) Um, The other really interesting thing, I think, about the kind of coaching and work that you and I did together was that, like, we hear a lot about people hiring coaches. Right. And you think about a coach as just like somebody who's going to like cheer you on and like help you with next steps and whatever. And that's a part of it. But the intuitive healing part of what we do is so big because you were already making huge shifts in your life before we ever started working together. Right. But your ability to like step in and claim what it was that you wanted, like this life that you knew was out there that you just didn't know if you could get to. That's what energy shifts are all about is just like removing the interference in your system that tells you you can't have that, giving you permission to take what it is that you want. And several times in our sessions together, you would say exactly what you wanted and then you would immediately follow it up with. But I can't do that because of this. And all I had to do was be like, well, why can't you do that? 
Exactly. And you were like, oh, hold on. (laughs) Yes. Maybe I can do that, you know? And that having somebody look at your situation from the outside and then having somebody who can do the intuitive healing work that gives you the confidence to be able to step into it and remove all of these why nots. Right. Is a lot of times all you need, you know, and you and I have, yeah, worked together a little bit. It's the most important since then. But those first like two or three sessions, like they were huge that I wanted to say just in the first one about propelling that session was not very long. Mm -mm. I mean, it might've been 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, you kind of guided me to this place where I was able to just finally let go of this entire version of myself and let her burn away like she needed to. And the actual, you know, Phoenix rising kind of thing was able to happen. I literally felt within the, within 10 minutes, I felt the energy just, you know, come out. And I remember, I remember saying like, I can feel it all around me. It's like, Oh, I have all this. And what you said was, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't, I don't even know how we got to it, but I somehow said, I miss this portion of my life being considered too small or too meek or the little sister, you know, or mm-hmm. something. And, uh, that I, and you're like, well, what do you want to do with that? What did you feel like you missed? I was like, I don't know, sports. <laughs> and <gasps> next thing I know it's, it was baseball and it was specifically baseball. And then the door just blew open in my brain and, um, talking about propulsion. I like soon after, really soon after within like a week helped found a a softball team. Well, was we played so, summer ball. Yeah, for like crazy. I've never played Last softball. Summer. Like, right? You had never yeah. played. I'd never ever. played. You had I'd never, never played put on a glove. Uh, if I had, I probably tried to put it on my right hand. <laughs> I really didn't know what hand it went on. Well, and Eva says this all the time, and it's like my new favorite thing to say. Like, you can't make this shit up, okay? Like when I <laughs> when we're walking yeah. through this whole thing, and you're like having this moment where you feel like you missed th- something in your life, right? And I'm like well, what is it? And you said, I don't know, like that I couldn't play sports and that I'm not really sporty or good and that I might get hurt or something. And I don't know, like I kind of always wanted to play baseball. And I was like, what? Not Can't expecting you? you to say that. First of all, I was <laughs> like, okay, okay, you know, I'm shaking my head. Like it's like when Santa asks you what you want for Christmas, and you're like, uh, suddenly you like ask for the most ridiculous thing that you can think of. But for us to have gone from I always wanted to play baseball to literally 48 hours later, Katie, <laughs> you're text messaging me saying I just started a softball team with my friends, yeah, I think and I we got start practicing next week. Yeah. I was like excuse yeah. me like you've yeah. done what so cool it and then so a few fun. weeks later I was at your softball game watching That's you right. kick ass on the field with your friends like oh, I don't was, know if we were kicking ass but we were having we were the best time and that's kicking ass like lives. yes it was Aww. so much fun and we would have played uh this season of fall ball but they actually canceled the Fort Worth Parks and Rec season boo. so boo is right <laughs> but but yeah but summer ball it was hot but it was great <laughs> exercise and I learned a lot and I actually um, had some really great moments where I thought I was doing really good. I'm not sure from the outside it was good, <laughs> well, but, but it was the, still a lot of fun. The healing, though, because yeah. this is what is so I'm so passionate about with intuitive healing. OK, I would have never thought in a million years that in our working together, it would have resulted in you playing softball and that playing softball, <laughs> right? Like that's healed, a weird left turn. Right. But, okay. right. <laughs> but that that healed a part of you that desperately needed attention and just your ability to follow through on choosing to do it, buying a glove, learning how to do it, putting together a team, getting into a freaking league and then playing weekly games like that. 
that has confidence in your ability to achieve whatever you decide you want. Yes. And you Agreed. know that now. And yeah. you're taking Feels that good. and you're using it all over your life. So it's not really about the softball. Right. But it was no. to you. It's you know? about, well, I'm not in your sessions. I can't say. But from the outside looking in, it's about being the person you needed to be when you were younger. 100%. Yeah. That yes. you're telling little Katie like, hey, you are athletic. You yeah. can play softball. You aren't fragile. You can do this. And that, like, just shifting that um, that story. Shifting yeah. the story. The other most precious thing that happened, I think, out of the softball thing, you maybe have made way more perspective than I do because you were at all the games. <laughs> but you were, like, batting, right? You totally struck out. Yep. Okay. That happened. As a matter of fact, I think you hit a fly ball once and almost hit the umpire with your bat when you threw it at him. You know, I like, got in trouble. yeah, you did get in trouble. But <laughs> when did. you were yeah, running for right. a minute, when you before you realized, you know, that you were out, um, <laughs> Tusk, your youngest son, was he doesn't know the rules of softball. Like he doesn't know that, that you had moment. struck out, but he was like cheering and like almost had like tears in his eyes. He was so proud of you. He was like his, lit up. For being out there yeah. and it didn't even matter that you guys were losing the game and that you had just gotten thrown <laughs> out of the out game. From, that yeah, we were out. None of that. that yeah, like yeah. that the joy in his eyes watching his mom go out and be a badass on the field and then you seeing him, seeing you like I it was that just that well. full yeah. circle moment. I wanted to inspire them too. And you are yeah. like, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, that was his, his first little time to sit in the dugout. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, they're like, you're up to bat. I was like, what? Don't annoy anyone. And then I like <laughs> ran out there and yeah, I, I hit it and it landed like in between me and, and I, I ran at first base and he was later, he was like, I cannot believe that you were that fast. Like he was like, <laughs> he was he's like, four. Yeah. He was like, I could not believe you were that fast. And, and it, it was so, so sweet. He was so proud of me. He was so proud. And of me. I was like, I could cry now because I was that was a huge moment for me yeah. and the yeah. whole softball journey. Uh, that was the best moment. I'm so glad I made <laughs> so it. Yeah, it was that great. Was, yeah. was, that was the best. Yeah. Um, but yes. So. so I'm also really excited about all of the shifts that you've been making in your career as well, you know, because I feel like over the course of the amount of time that we've known each other, you've done lots of different things. And Katie and I and Jessica have worked together before. I mean, you and I have worked together at different salons a lot, you know, over Multiple the years. Salons, yeah. But every time that we've worked together, you're the person on the team that like comes in, kind of immediately knows exactly what the job is and how to do it. <laughs> instantaneously makes the entire team and every client we have fall desperately fall in, love in love with you. You know, like yes. I love that you bring <laughs> the energy. Yeah. And the vibes into your workspace where, and you know, anytime that you've ever worked with me, I've known it was temporary at some point, you know, like it was always like a stop gap in the way to another job or something else in your mm -hmm. life, knowing that you're probably not going to be there forever. But when you leave, it's always like, Oh, oh no, I can't no. do this without that. I hate leaving too. Like I you do. make yourself so invaluable that a few years ago you decided that you wanted to get into real estate. Yeah. So I, I did. I got my license a little over three years ago and I started with Keller Williams really big brokerage and um decided somewhere in there, like maybe a year and a half in, that I wanted a to be like one of ten, not one of seven hundred or something. Um and so I I found Nada, which is a tiny 
startup company based out of DFW and they, we give our buyers part of our commission and we save our sellers thousands of dollars. And it's just this cool company, um, that I work for that I still, at the time I was <clears throat> heavy in my horrible ways and I was in a toxic relationship as well. So I was, I always basically, and still do have have always had two jobs. So uh, even though my real estate thing was kind of working out, I was shifting brokerages. And so I came to work at uh, William Edge with Mm -hmm. y'all for a little while. And while I worked there, Nada created a position for me so that I could work remote and, you know, answer the phones and distribute leads and stuff, but that I could just do real estate. And that's been a huge blessing that they created that for me. And that's actually transformed into something awesome since I've gotten better and I can take on more responsibilities. I have all this energy. We started, you know, onboarding new agents. Now I get to write and create the onboarding material and the education, educational material for the new agents and just spend time with them and get them to understand that our little culture at NADA and, and how we work. And it's, it's so fun because I've always wanted to teach, um, in some way I knew I always wanted to teach. So this, you know, starting recently with this new onboarding program has been, a lot of fun for me. Well, and that it's, you are having positions created for the things that you love and that you're great at, you know, and that it's just such a testament to you being willing to learn something new. Because three years ago, when you started doing the real estate thing, like that's not an easy thing to get a real estate license, you know, it's expensive. And it's like a lot to learn. There's a big test and, you know, like all of that. Getting the license took me a lot longer because I think I decided to be an agent when I was like eight months pregnant with Tess. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to finish all these classes before I have this baby. Mm -hmm. Well, he was like a year and a half when I, (laughs) yeah, uh, or not graduated, but when I passed my test and, um, but they say it's like, I think it's like less than 81 or 80, I can't remember, somewhere in the 80% that agents don't make it through the first year. Right. New agents, wow. of course. And now you've been at it for years now yeah, and now you're now training other all. agents how to do that too. So, so it's wild. really so amazing <laughs> the way that that works out. <laughs> so it. we talked a little bit about Star Wars wisdom. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we hit the untamed wisdom because oh, we yeah. talk about untamed uh, a lot well, on this podcast, up, you know. I heard something yes. in here, like you, like Jessica said about um, getting back to that that child what did you say about being a Just kid that, being the person you needed when you were little yeah. yeah so untamed uh i mandy had mailed it to me my mm-hmm. sister uh, had mailed it to me i had my first session and i sat down and started reading it cuz i had this energy and i had i had this i suddenly wanted to write music again and i suddenly wanted to play softball and i suddenly wanted to read and uh, be inspired, be, continue to be inspired. And so Mandy had sent me that book and I sat down and read it and I read a ton of it, but so much of that book helped me. But the main thing that I use every day with my kids and with my friends and everybody I know is that we can do hard things. Yeah. Um, any level of hard things. Like mm-hmm. I even have to tell my kids sometimes like, yeah, I know eating broccoli might not be your favorite thing. <laughs> well, it's Moss's favorite thing, but um <laughs> You know, it might not be your favorite thing, but it's we can do hard things. It's good for you in the long run. Yeah, sure. You know, um, the other thing that we talk about a lot from Untamed is to quit asking people for directions to places they've never been. Right. Yeah. I love that. That you're going places that most people have never been, you know, and that you got to quit looking for validation outside of yourself right. to get to where you're going because where you're going is somewhere freaking amazing. Yeah. And only you know and how you. to get there, you it's, know, yeah, like, it's yeah, not, it's uncharted. I mean, untamed changed 
me yes. in some major ways. Yes, um, the, the, about being a kid, she she talks about when she uh, lose when her mom uh, realizes that she lost her sparkle. Right, yeah. and um, and I, you do like you said, you lose that when you're a kid. You're told, or you're you, you know, you're told. You're conditioned. You, you're conditioned. You're, you know, yeah, you mm-hmm. kind of are. Uh, you're caged. Yeah, they start to put totally. tiny cages around you mm-hmm. that make you uh, decide on a career path or make right. you decide on, you know, whether you want to marry this person and start this family and live. The, uh, they put you on a path um, in a cage and n- none of that works out. Yeah. Um, right. Or I don't think that can. It's rare that that makes you happy. So yeah. her ability to, like, provide literal keys to these little cages in your mind. In this incredibly easy to read way that yes. is also entertaining and fun. She's so hysterical. Fun. Um, yes. Yeah. And just profoundly helpful. And also she said that she burns herself every day, multiple times a day to right. be the so that she knows that she's the best version of herself all the time. Because even if you think you you get to this place where you're like, I've I've got my dream life now. It's perfect. You just you have to keep dreaming and you have to keep, you always uh, keep reaching. Yeah. Realize that. You can learn more always. You can become a better person than you are always. Um, You know, one of my other favorite things that Glennon Doyle says that we did not discuss the other day. um, And I don't remember if this was in Untamed specifically, but I know she's talked about it on social media. And I want to get this right. She said the best way to honor our parents is to honor the daughters they raised Mm, and that we become responsible mothers. And I don't mean that in like a literal, like having children sense, but like we become responsible mothers when we become disobedient daughters. And that it just comes from this idea that like we were raised with loving, amazing, wonderful parents. Like all three of us were, I I know all of our parents. So great. great. Um, but that, and this goes for everybody, like, but your parents had their time. They had their vote. They don't have the vote anymore. And that we get to create our own lives and our own journeys. And we get to be the people that we wanted to be, you know, without the cages and without the conditioning and yeah. without that, you know, like, because so many of the things that we learn about ourselves, like, you know, all the loathing and self-hatred and putting us in like these small cages, like wasn't given to us out of malice. Right. Or, it's for safety. You know, yeah. it's for, a cage is to yes. keep something safe usually. Right. So it's, right. it's usually well, you know, there's well meaning behind it and there's love. Yeah. Um, and they're conditioned, you know, everybody's coming from, everybody's a product of their environment as well. Right. So, yeah, I understand. I know. And I'm probably doing it to, you know, we're probably doing it to our kids. Like, it's a human experience, okay? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes. Yes. Um, Another thing that I love about Glennon is she, you know, she talks a lot about burning things and fire. And Katie, you are, your sun sign is a Leo, you know, like you bring the fire all the time. (laughs) Um, But I my Venus is in Leo and I'm kind of at this stage in my life where like I'm stepping into this Leo energy for the first time ever. I might add like fire signs are not the most comfortable thing for me, but I'm starting to really embrace this fire mode and this idea of, um, sometimes you got to let things burn. Okay. And we're scared to do that because it's going to make people uncomfortable. You know, because Mm -hmm. it's going to maybe burn down something that we help perpetuate or that something that we feel responsible for. 
And Glennon's whole story about like, if the truth is going to destroy something, then you have to let it burn, you know? And so she's so on point with speaking her truth. It's okay if that's not somebody else's truth, it's hers. For standing up for what she believes is right, for calling out authority when what they're doing is wrong. And that if I'm calling you out and I'm telling the truth and the truth is going to destroy your organization, your marriage, your family, whatever dichotomy it is, it's time to let it fucking burn, you know, and that we have to start to stand up for what's right, regardless of the consequences. And kind of like what I was saying about your dad and reading the Gittite way, like when I read those parts of Untamed, like I was immediately like it got caught in my throat. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can let it burn. Like there are so many things that I've let burn over the last year where I'm just like, fuck it, dude. Like if this isn't working and that Mm -hmm. I see this for what it is and I'm not willing to let it explode and burn it to the fucking ground because of it, who am I? I can't live with myself. You know, like if the truth is going to kill it, let it die. Right. And that that is, it also kind of hits that Jane Goodall quote where she's like, it doesn't take much to be a difficult difficult woman. woman. That's why there's so many of us. Right. (laughs) Like, it doesn't take much. No, all it takes is you speaking truth. And then you're labeled as difficult. And I'm really feeling being a difficult woman right now. Like, it's working. Step into that, lady. (laughs) Yep. Step into your fire. Love untamed. So good. Um, I also. I had on our notes, there was something I was like, we've got to make sure that we talk about this. Um, Okay. We have not discussed that Katie, little Katie, okay? Katie that I first met when you were a teenager, you know? Yeah, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh my God, that was a long time ago. Um, That you are a brilliant musician. And (laughs) there was a time in our lives where like, I was homeless for a minute. Um, not homeless. That's dramatic. I was between yes. houses. Okay. Yes. Um, and I like lived with Katie in her treehouse apartment. And every morning when we would wake up, we would have coffee together and you would like serenade me on your piano and you would write songs. And sometimes you would sing songs that were like by somebody that we knew that had music out. But a lot of times it was like you figuring out lyrics and tunes and melodies. And I just have such precious, sweet memories of us hanging out in the early mornings and you writing music. And we would go. Yeah, it was so good. And then you would do like open mic nights and you would play your music for people and we would all come. You and your band even cut like a CD, which I still listen to all the time, you know, like that was like, yeah, it was a five or six tracks. So you talked about this like recent time in your life, okay, where you've done all of this healing work and that you were able to hear music again. Yes. I, I don't know how long it was, but it was such a long time that recently when I started to actually listen to music again, like on the radio or even just to sit down and play it and listen to it while I played, like even listening and hearing myself sing these songs like that I've covered a million times. Like I was starting, I would get choked up. I'm like, oh my God, I play these, I, you know, I play these songs all the time and I would just get choked up because I would hear and feel the lyrics. I'm like, maybe that, that's why I learned it in the beginning Mm -hmm. is because I felt something for it. But so much time passed where I didn't hear music. And then the last few, the last few months, especially when I, when I was able to let go of the version of myself that was taking up so much space, you know, once that went away, it's like, music and I don't want to sound silly, but like 
birds, you yeah. know, I can literally sit and enjoy being in the quiet. I can mm -hmm. sit and enjoy being alone and I can listen to music and not stress out about how much time it's going to take to do the next thing that I have to do. It's, it's helped me to live more in the moment and to just be more appreciative and thankful and calm. It's really, it's really helped calm me down. But yeah, uh, after we had that session too, I wrote a song that I had been working on for such a long time. I like went home, I read some Untamed, I sat and I played the piano and that has uh, propelled me to have something to work, something further to work on. Just creating new projects is, I think, a really good way to also kind of keep the momentum going if you are finding yourself inspired. Yeah. No. Well, and because I've known you for 20 years, you know, like it's been it's like I almost forgot that you made music yeah. until you started making music again, you know? And when you picked it back up and you told me that you had finished that song and you like sang it for me and we went, I mean, I cried when we got off the phone that day, Katie, because I was like, oh my God, my friend, like yeah. it is so good to see you stepping into these things that truly give you joy, you know? My and sister says that too. She's, yeah. She says, um, I've got my sister back. And it Aww. makes me, it's precious to me that you, that you remember all that too, oh, because yeah. it feels like I, I felt like I had lost that, mm -hmm. that that was just a dead and gone thing for me. And right. I'm so glad that it's not because it is such a wonderful outlet. So we, we've talked about several things on this episode already today that are kind of heavy things like, yeah, you quit drinking you have lost a lot of weight and you were putting a lot of stress on your body, you know, like physically, you definitely had like relationships that weren't healthy and you know, that you had to shift through that. That's a lot of baggage. All right. And that there are people that are watching and listening to this right now that are like living in that space. Okay. And if I were to take one of those things, and try and overcome it, it would seem overwhelming. But you had multiples of these things all at the same time. Like, what would you say to somebody who's ready to shift and change their life and claim themselves back? How would you advise them to move forward? Um, I would remind them that if, if you don't truly love or respect yourself, you truly cannot give love or respect to anybody else. So if you want to continue feeling alone and alienated, um, you know, you can keep hating on yourself. But if you want to get out of that, do what you have to do to get to a place where you can forgive yourself if it's forgiveness that you need. Um, but I would highly recommend getting a coach. <laughs> right. I would highly recommend doing that. Um, <clears throat> if you are feeling so overwhelmed and you can't pick a place to start, even, uh, I don't think, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't quit. I don't think quitting drinking is the answer for everybody. Mm -hmm. I will tell you if you find yourself, um, saying I could lose weight if I quit drinking or I could do that. If you, if, if, if I quit drinking is in your vocabulary somewhere or you find yourself more than once a week saying that, I would highly recommend quitting. <laughs> and you can talk to me about that anytime. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if even even if you give up something that is propelling you to make even worse decisions, you're going to wake up to a mess. And sometimes it's really hard to just sort of it's the work. The work doesn't truly begin until you you know start making it. 
So uh, back to Master Yoda, once you start doing the things or just deciding that you're either not going to do something or that you are going to do something and you just you tell yourself when you say I'm going to try to quit drinking or I'm going to try to work out. If you sit there and say, oh, well, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm, right. I I've am. Decided. I've decided. Yeah. I've decided to work out. Then you might actually, you will start doing those things. Once you, you, you can't just walk around saying it, but you can start telling yourself when, when you find that repetitive thought, like, well, I'll just try harder tomorrow. Right. Or, you know, well, I would recommend not waiting. And then this whole idea that like, for you, it was drinking to start with, but that everybody could ask themselves, like, what if I addressed, what's the one thing in my life that if I addressed it and handled it would change and transform my life? Right. Um, and that that's going to look different for everybody. But if you get honest with yourself, you know what it is that if you would look at it, address it and handle it, that your life would transform and change. Right. Um, and that sometimes that seems really big and scary, which is when you ask for help. Right. It's when you let someone in. Yes. It's when you go to the people who have been through that before and say, how did you do it? This is where I'm at, you know, like, and I feel like so much of the healing work that I'm doing with people and that Jessica's doing with people that what makes that so impactful is that they feel seen. Yeah. And that when people feel seen and heard and loved and are given permission and space to be messy humans, you know, yeah. and that they're not judged that instead I love the dark parts, you know, like, and I'm so proud of these humans for surviving through these dark right. things, you know, and then shifting this narrative from because this happened in your life, you hate yourself instead, because this happened in your life. Why don't you love that person that went through that? You know, yeah. like all that was so hard, you know, and yeah. yeah, all the things that she did to make it to today, like that is amazing and beautiful and a transformational story uh -huh. and that that little tweak on the narrative in your head that goes from like I hate me to I love me for living through this right. uh -huh. will change your life It'll you know change your relationship yeah. with everyone yes and every every one that has been in your life or that will come into your life if you have enough self-love that you can give it freely you'll get it you'll receive it back and your relationships will just be better yeah and I just wanted to say about the being seen, mm. something else about the intuitive healing is that it's not just this, a visible thing between us, you know, kind of thing where you can look at your, the people that you're working with and make, you know, decide where to go. You can do them over the phone. Yeah. The other it's virtual, yeah. the other, that's how I've done most like of my sessions yeah. with people is over the phone or like pre-recorded. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what was so powerful about the one that we did over the phone, I don't know what you called it this morning. You called it organ healing. We, yeah, we, um, or <laughs> so basically in your heart center, you had a really severe, um, energetic, injury. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A wound. a wound in your heart space time. that we had to work to heal up. Yes. Yeah. We just, um, in the session you were on the phone with me and I remember just 
you know, trying to get into it. Uh, however, when you're, you know, on your own, you have that level of responsibility mm -hmm. to yourself. So I was really trying to stay focused and responsible, even though Laurie wasn't actually there. And, um, and then I, and I had one of the most profound and amazing experiences there where we actually, the way you described the way that my heart was wounded, kind of like katana sliced, filleted open. That's what it felt like. It felt like ever I was barely hanging in there all the time, like mm -hmm. on the verge of tears. Um, but you were just like, we're just going to, we're going to just kind of, we're going to wrap that up and, and just kind of piece it back together. And we kind of called upon the, you know, the higher guides. We used and your guidance. We, yeah. We used the, the just cosmic energy mm -hmm. to, and I just kind of sat there and I let this happen. I could feel this, this, my heart just get getting tighter and it's, and it slowly but surely stopped hurting. Like, like that compassionate bleeding hurt, you know, that you can't control feeling that does take, it does need to be controlled a little bit yeah. or, or you'll just, you know, it's just too much. But, uh, it, we got it all tied together. And I remember just being like, wow, that, that feels so much better. Like I'm going to put a cast on it. And that's what I said to you. I was like, I'm going to put a cast on it. And we, I put this visible cast on it. And I swear after that happened, I was able to make decisions using my head and my heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not just decisions based on this place of hurt. Yeah. Like this, this just, you know, all these desperate decisions and all these like, <clears throat> uh, I don't want to divulge too much in it, but specifically the toxic relationship kind of situation. I was so hurt. I was so hurt. Ugh, why can't this work out? You know? And, and I just, I, once I was able to be like, okay, you've been hurt enough that, that you were like, that's a, that part of is over. And I, I continue to tell myself that, that that part of my life is over. Um, every time that I close a chapter of something slowly, but surely I just say that. And that's kind of the advice I give to people after they have kids when they're like, I'm in so much pain and it's so my body, what am I going to do? You just, you just tell yourself we did it. We're through that now. Mm -hmm. And that part of your life is over. You can start, you know, healing. You can really start healing. I don't know if babies is the right I mean, you, you can't get rid of them. You have rebirthed right. yourself. Like yeah, yes. like several yes. times over. Yes. You can re you can be reborn um, on a daily basis. What's so fascinating to me about the healing of your heart space that we did that day um, is that energetic pain is physical pain, you it's know, and anybody who has had a heartbreak knows what I'm talking about, you know, like that when your heart is broken that there are things that you hold on to that need to be healed. And unless you are consciously aware of that, which most of us are not, and then from where you were at, you know, dealing with, even though you had stopped drinking, there were still a lot of physical things about not drinking that you were suffering and dealing yeah, through, you know, sure. like in on a emotional, spiritual, mental level, for sure, you know? And then the relationship that was so difficult and all of just the other stressors of life and being a person, you know, that us focusing on healing that heart space and then to hear you say that it allowed you to make decisions with your head and your heart, you know, like we all make way too many decisions with our head. You know, like our brains get in the way and hijack what it is that our true nature is so often that to be able to make decisions from your heart again um, is such a powerful thing. And yeah. I remember that yeah. session clearly. And it is the only one that we did over the phone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you were saying that you do most all of yours virtually or mm -hmm. pre-recorded. 
it's easy for me to work with you in person because we know each other so well. But I do think that an intuitive healing, especially sometimes is easier for people virtually because it is a very vulnerable, raw right. thing that you're doing. And if you're if it's your first session or your second session, you also don't really even understand what's happening a lot of times. You know, you're like, <laughs> you're like I don't even know. No, what I felt is. that. Yeah. And that helps. But I don't understand what you just did, you know, yeah, and yeah. that if you're face to face with somebody while you're doing that, it's way more awkward when you have the distance between you. It's a lot easier to let go and, yeah, like release into that. Yeah, so just kind of close your eyes and embrace and, you know, be be in it. Yeah, totally. Yes, it is a amazing, miraculous transformation that you have made. And you are such an inspiration to me, to all of the people in your world, to your two precious boys. Like, I just love, love, love you. And I cannot wait to see what you do next. Like, Mom, it's I love you. Only the beginning. Thank you so much for having me on your amazing podcast. Yes. Like, share. Whatever. Like, share, okay. rate, review, like, yes, um, just so everybody knows, Katie is absolutely going to be in Costa Rica at oh, our healing yes. uh, badass 100%. retreat. Um, she is going to be on staff, so she will be available to support you there. Um, if you have any questions or you want to know anything more about Katie's healing journey, about getting rid of the crutches in your life, about moving forward and falling in love with yourself again, you can totally reach out to her, Katie. A-T-Y web two B's on mm -hmm. Facebook. We're going to put all of our tags yeah. and information in the episode notes so you guys know how to get and a hold of her. And this is the first episode where we've really talked about like our coaching and what we're doing with people. Crazy. So if you are interested, if Katie's journey has sparked something in you, Laurie and I do offer intuitive healing yes. and you can reach out to us and transformational coaching and transformational yes. coaching. That's right. Um, all of our services are available virtually on the phone, on zoom, on pre-recorded audio. We also work face to face and just started doing overnight one-to-one -one retreats. So yes. we're here for you. We love you guys. Have a badass day. Bye.